What's up, everybody? Josh Tapp here again, and welcome back to the Lucky Titan Podcast. So today we have CPA extraordinaire Mike Jezoshek with us here today. He's going to be sharing some year-end tax strategies with us. So, Mike, let's hop right in, man. All right, Mike. So let's talk about year-end tax strategy. So go ahead and hop in. Yeah. So now is kind of that perfect time to, you know, we have a couple of weeks left before the end of the year. So now is really a good time where we want to start thinking about how can we minimize that tax liability? A lot of people are kind of running through their books now and they're saying, I'm making money and now I'm kind of worried about that tax piece of it. And so kind of the purpose of what we want to talk about here is how can we minimize that tax liability? What are things that we can implement now today that are going to help us down the road or when it comes to tax time by paying a lower tax bill? And so, you know, now is the time to do it because once January 1st hits, a lot of those possibilities kind of go away. So there's going to be a couple different strategies that we're going to talk about today that are relatively easy and simple things that you can implement in your business. Uh, But before I get into some of those strategies, I do want to talk about um, some things if you're an S corporation. So a lot of listeners, you might be organized as an S corporation. You might hear a lot about an S corporation. And if you don't know what an S corporation is, no problem. We're going to kind of dive deeper into that in a future episode. Uh, but I just want to put a little flyer out there that if you are an S corporation, make sure that you run a reasonable salary before year end. So as an S corporation, you're required to run a reasonable salary. So just do a checkup on your salary. Make sure that it's still reasonable. Make sure it makes sense. If you're an S corporation and you haven't run any kind of salary net yet, now would be the time to kind of set that up and, and make sure you're doing that. Um, and one other aspect is if you are an S corporation and you're paying for your own health insurance, you need to make sure that's included in your pay run. Um, So work with your payroll provider to make sure you're including any kind of S corp um, self-employed health insurance premiums um, on your W-2s and and with your salary piece. So just something to, to think about there. But when we're talking about tax strategies, things that we can do now before year end, one of the main things we're looking at is, okay, how can we either increase expenses lower our bottom line, or decrease revenue. And so the first aspect I want to talk about is increasing expenses. And one way that we can do this is if you are a cash basis filer, which most small businesses are, um, you're able to prepay expenses. So you could, let's say you're you're in an office building, you would have the ability to prepay rent up to a year. So let's say you have $3,000 a month in rent. You could today or here in December, you could prepay all of 2020 and get that expense now here in 2019. And so instead of getting a $3,000 here in December, you could potentially get up to $36,000 as a a payment for rent here in December that's going to go on your your taxes this year. And when we're talking about that piece, I always just tell clients, make sure you talk to your landlord and make sure that they're kind of aware of what you're doing um, so that they don't see a big check and they're like, I think they made a mistake and then send the (laughs) check back to you or something like that. So just say, here's what I'm doing. Here's the reason for it. And, you know, also talk to them because the landlord might say, well, I don't want that income this year because they're very similar to you. They're like, well, I don't want a higher tax bill this year. And so there's ways around that. You could send them a check on say December 31st. And by doing that, you and you know, I always say send it like with uh, certified mail or something so you have proof on the date that you sent the check. But let's say you send $36,000 to your landlord today, you can get that or on December 31st, and you have proof that a check was sent out. You can get that expense here in 2019 
and your landlord won't receive that check until 2020 where they'll report the income. So in a situation like that, it's sort of a win-win for both you and your landlord. So that's yeah. kind of one option. And when we're talking about prepaying expenses, that could be all sorts of things. So it could be rent as we just talked about, but it could be machinery. It could be insurance. It could be a variety of different things that you're prepaying. And so we also look at that. That's prepaying expenses an expense that you're going to have. We can also look at other things like office supplies or office expenses, things like that are advertising things like that, that you know, you're going to be making an expense for office office supplies or advertising in January. Why don't you just talk to them and say, Hey, can I prepay that today? Or something that we're doing on our end, we have, uh, we wanted, we've been always looking at doing a website rebuild. And so instead of, you know, we're starting that process today, the website's not going to be done until 2020, but we said, you know, can we prepay the bill or instead of putting 50% down, can we do a hundred percent down? And most companies you talk to are going to be like, yeah, that, heck yeah, yeah that's fine. I, w- <laughs> I want the money ahead of time because you know, people have seen uncollectibles and things like that. So um, just think of things within your business that you know you're going to be buying next year that you can buy now and this year, get that expense. And again, I always kind of talk to clients. This is really only if you have taxable income. If, if, today, if this year might have been a down year, you made a big purchase and you're not going to have much profit, there's no need to accelerate any of that this year. Um, and I also put it with a caveat is if cash flow is tight, don't go just buying things that you don't need. Just make sure that you're, you're still doing logical spending when you're using this type of strategy, not just openly kind of buying items that you don't need and cash flow is just diminishing very quickly. And you're <laughs> going to get to January and be like, oh no, what did I do? I just have all these, <laughs> this stuff I don't need now. Um, so just kind of be logical with any kind of prepaying of expenses or buying things early than, 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 uh, than necessary. Um, the kind of flip side of that. So that's getting expenses on the books. The flip side of that would be kind of stop billing customers or clients. And this is a strategy that if you're kind of a consultant or someone that's invoicing, a lot of times you send an invoice and then you get paid. Well, one way that you can kind of make sure that some of that income does not hit your books is to wait to bill them or wait to invoice them until after the year is over. So you could invoice them on January 1st, get paid in early January, and then that income is not actually hitting your books until 2020. Um, this is another one where I put a big kind of caveat to that. If you're using something like this, don't do it on people that you've had trouble collecting from because <laughs> you don't want to push off that money and then maybe never collect it. Um, right. So be strategic if you're using this kind of strategy. Um, be strategic in the way that you do it. But you do have that ability if you're a cash basis filer to kind of push invoicing off to the next year, report that income in 2020. And, you know, I always look at this. You don't know what 2020 is going to look like. It could be a a huge year. It could be a very bad year. You don't know going ahead of it. Um, so usually when we're looking at tax strategies, if you have tax liability this year, it's never going to hurt you to push it off into the next year and, and think about things that you can do then. Um, kind of on that same vein of prepaying expenses is buying office equipment. If you have desks, if you have computers, if you have things like that, those are expenses that you can make this year um, and the IRS actually put a rule in that if you have um, any expense or any kind of capital expenditure that you're making, if it's under $2,500, you can make an election where you just expense it immediately and you don't have to capitalize it. So let's say you buy three computers at $2,000 a piece. 
you wouldn't have to actually capitalize and depreciate that over time. You could expense that all immediately with the selection because it's under that $2,500 threshold. Yeah. Now, if you do have something that's over that $2,500 threshold with this new tax law, there's a lot of opportunities to deduct it 100% in the first year anyways. So there's a good chance if you're buying a computer or something that's a little bit more expensive, there's a really good chance that you're going to be able to deduct 100% of that still this year. So it's a good yeah. way, again, to um, big purchases to right. kind of get those expenses done. Well, so and can, I, can I ask you to kind of explain that in more layman's terms? So you're saying essentially they can – they can take and you know, get this this election to be able to to pay all the cash down, or are you saying? I mean, I guess ha, explain that in a, in a different way. Yeah. So, with this twenty five hundred dollar election, typically when you buy a computer or any kind of asset, you have to depreciate it. Right. So you buy an asset for five thousand dollars, you depreciate that over say five years. Well, there's there's kind of two two pieces to that with the new tax law. There's a bonus depreciation, and then there's Section 179. And I don't want to get into kind of the code too much in detail. Right. <laughs> but basically what that says, for most small business owners, you can actually deduct 100% of it. So you'll, you'll still create an asset, and you'll take depreciation, but your depreciation, instead of spreading it out over five years, will just it's be 100% in the first year. Okay. Now, the $2,500 rule is that if it's under $2,500, you don't have to depreciate it at all. You just take the oh, expense wow. on your tax return. You don't have to do any kind of depreciation or reporting to the IRS what asset you have or anything like that. It's just a straight up expense. So that's why I always kind of say that $2,500, if it's under 2,500 bucks, expense it immediately. Don't depreciate it. Don't do anything like that. If it's over 2,500 bucks, you're likely still going to get full depreciation the first year through various methods that the IRS kind of allowed with the new tax law. That's awesome. Yeah. And so, <laughs> yeah, when we're talking about that kind of um, prepaying expenses and, and doing all this spending now in December, you know, if cash is tight or if you're pushing off invoices till, till next year and you're like, Mike, how can I push invoices off, but then still spend money? Like that doesn't make sense because money's not balancing in that situation. Right. If you use a credit card, a business credit card, the expenses count in the year that they're charged on the credit card. So let's say in December, you charge up $10,000 on your credit card, your business credit card. Those expenses are taken in December, even though you don't pay them until January. So you can delay your billing, put all these expenses that you're going to make on a credit card. And then once your billing hits in January, pay off that credit card. Um, so just kind of a reminder to utilize that credit card. You don't necessarily have to utilize cash for these expenses that you're making. You can use a credit card as long as it's a business credit card and those expenses can be claimed in the year they occur. It doesn't matter when they're paid. Awesome. Um, another item that I kind of talk to clients and, and this is tax planning in general is don't assume that you're taking too many deductions. So never assume that you're, you're, you're spending too much or taking deductions you're not supposed to. I always tell clients, Get kind of creative when you're, when you're thinking about tax expenses. If you have legitimate business deductions, don't be afraid to claim them. As long as you have proof to back up why it's a business expense. You know, if, if, you're, if you're dining out, I always say right on the receipt, who were you with? What were you talking about? Why were you there? You know, how much was it? Which obviously the receipt will have. But these are all things that if you just document that, you have proof. So if the IRS ever comes knocking, you have you can 
substantiate that business expense. It's a legitimate business expense. So don't be afraid to take too many deductions. I, I hear from clients all the time and say, well, I'm going to be at a loss this year. So I'm not going to take that home office deduction or I'm not going to reimburse myself for miles or I'm not going to do this because I'm already at a loss. I don't want, you know, I don't want it to look bad or raise any red flags. And I always say, just stop right there because if you're, if it's a legitimate business expense, there's no problem with taking that. There's no problem with having a loss for legitimate business expenses. So again, don't assume that you're taking too many deductions. Be creative in the way that you're doing things. If you can tie it to a business, make it a business deduction, even if it's a partial. So if you buy something that's partially business, partially personal, just take the percentage that's business use, deduct that. And the personal side will not be a deduction, obviously, but take advantage. As a business owner, you have a, a really nice advantage that you can take everyday type expenses and move them into the business. So if you go out to lunch with a friend that happens to be a client, find a way to make that a business lunch. And so kind of just be creative with, with those types of ideas. Um, the next thing I want to talk about is similar to buy equipment, prepay expenses is if you need a new vehicle, um, in your business, whether, you know, depending on what business type you're in, but if a vehicle is necessary to operate your business, now would be again, a great time to potentially look at purchasing a new vehicle or a used vehicle. And a lot of those bonus depreciations where you can expense it in the first year that we talked about, a lot of those are available with vehicles as well. And so it just depends on the type of vehicle that you have, but either way, whether you can deduct it all or just a portion of it, it's going to be a pretty significant piece. So this is a good time to, if you do need a vehicle to start to, to make that purchase now, get it on the books here in 2019. So you can lower your tax liability for this year. And the biggest thing with vehicles and office equipment is that you just need to make sure that you're putting it in service before years over. So you have to purchase it and put it in service before years over. When we're talking about a vehicle, that's as simple as buying the vehicle and driving it one mile before December 31st. That vehicle is put into service. Same thing with an office computer. Buy the computer, open it up and log in and set your email up or something like that. And that's putting it into service. So we just want to make sure we're buying and putting into service in, you know, kind of before the year's over. Um, so those are really kind of when we're looking at year-end tax strategies, those are simple things that any business owner can start doing. Prepaying expenses, getting expenses on the books of things you're going to need anyways down the road or next year, early next year, paying for them now, getting them on the books, lower that tax liability, delaying billing, saying for my really good clients or maybe my big clients that I know pay, as soon as I send the invoice, they pay me. Maybe wait till January 1st to send that invoice. So you don't have to report that income this year. Um, and kind of just use, utilizing these strategies to, um, to your advantage to help, again, lower that tax liability, make sure you're paying the least amount as legally possible. And so I really like to go through these strategies because they're relatively simple. They're things that everybody can understand and everyone can implement. And so I think that a lot of times with holidays, everyone gets so rushed and, and your mind's going everywhere and everyone's busy. And you don't think about a lot of these things until you start to do your taxes in February and you're like, dang, I, I just bought a computer in January and I did this. I'm like, that's too late at that point to kind of make right. that adjustment for the back prior year. It's still not going to hurt you. You're going to get that expense. It'll just be a year later. So um, just something to consider there. And, you know, one thing about not necessarily a tax strategy, but um, 
one thing you need to start thinking about now is that 1099s are due uh, January 31st. And so 1099s are if you pay a contractor or a, a vendor that's working for you, if you pay them over $600 in cumulative total throughout the year, you'll be required to send them a 1099 at year end. And so what you can do now is if you don't have a W-9 on file, you can start requesting those W-9s from those contractors because that W-9 is going to tell you the information that you need in order to file that 1099. It's a relatively easy process. It's not too complicated. It's just making sure you have the information. So the W-9 is going to have name and address, um, entity type, EIN or social security number. And you're just basically going to take that information from a W-9 and put it on a 1099 in January. And so I always tell clients, start gathering that information now because in January, it might be hard, especially if you have 10, 20 W-9s you need to grab. It might be difficult in January to kind of start reaching out to all of those people to grab those, those W-9s. So it's something you can do now. Again, if you paid anyone over $600, um, you would need to send them a 1099. Now, if you did it via credit card, PayPal, um, or if they're an international company, or if they're a corporation, you don't actually need to send 1099s, but the W-9 would show that. So if you're like, I don't know if they're a corporation or not, um, their W-9 will tell you how they're organized, whether it's a corporation, S corporation, or just a single member LLC or something like that. The W-9 will kind of um, give you that information. Wow, that's awesome. So, yeah, so hopefully that was 1099s. <laughs> yeah. That, the IRS has been cracking down on that, haven't they? They're getting pretty... Uh, pretty meticulous about that. Yeah, they started to, you know, the IRS loves 1099s because it's a small business owner reporting income that somebody else is earning. And right. so if there was no 1099s, the IRS has no tracking to see what that other person is earning. And so the IRS just loves having 1099s because you have people reporting other people, not reporting them, but just telling the IRS what they right. earned. So it gives them that ability that if I pay Josh, $10,000 um, and I don't send them a 1099, the IRS has no clue I did it. Right. Um, but if I send them a 1099 um, and Josh doesn't report the $10,000, the IRS immediately knows, hey, you were supposed to report $10,000. Where is it? Right. And so it's just kind of their <laughs> reporting mechanism. And yeah, you're, you're exactly right. The IRS is kind of cracking down on that because as you can tell, they depend on that really for a lot of their information reporting. Right. And so if you do not send a 1099, you have the ability to potentially lose a deduction. So if I pay Josh $10,000 and don't send a 1099, the IRS comes back to me and says, hey, you paid him $10,000. Why didn't you send a 1099? They could potentially say, we're going to remove that deduction from you. Now, there's ways that you can work around and say, well, I tried and, and other things like that. But just generally saying it's much easier to just Submit the 1099s, get it over with, kind of get it off your plate. Just do it. <laughs> um, yeah, and now's a good time to, or now's a necessary time to start kind of planning that so you're not rushing and scrambling in January as, you know, there's a lot of things going on as, at the beginning of tax season. So now's a good time to kind of start prepping that stuff. Well, awesome, Mike. Thanks for coming on and sharing all those tips with us. So how can our people get in contact with you if they have more questions about this and maybe they're looking for a CPA this year? Yeah, so they can reach us directly on our website. It's it's Jetro Tax, and that's J-E-T-R-O, and then tax.com. Uh, we're also on all sorts of social media. So they can find us on any kind of social media platform, whether it's Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, all those items, they can reach out to us there. 
Um, we also have a podcast, the Small Business Tax Savings Podcast. So if anyone wants to kind of hear some more in-depth tips, they can go through previous episodes and say, hey, this one's relevant to me and kind of check out that tax tip that they can maybe implement before year end as well. Yeah, that's awesome. But we'll post links to all that in the description as well. We'll be seeing you here in the next month. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Josh. Yeah, for sure. The number one needle mover in my business is joint venture partnerships. Growing a following can be time consuming and frustrating. For that reason, we created the Tribe of Titans, the world's first joint venture matching platform. Using this free platform, you can find guests for a podcast, YouTube channel, or Facebook group, or you can promote your brand, product, or service in one simple place. You can create your free account at tribe.theluckytitan.com. Once again, that's tribe.theluckytitan.com.